ونصح الأمة وكشف الغمة وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا وحبيبنا وقدوتنا محمد بن عبد الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله إن الله خبير بما تعملون In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the compassionate, the merciful I bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, the creator and sustainer of the heavens and the earth. And I bear witness that Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is his final messenger. Dear brothers, dear sisters, uh, there is indeed a crisis of religion in the Western world. Um, religion is on the decline. And research studies are showing that more and more people are turning away from traditional religious life and from organized religion in general. And this is something that really needs a closer look. Uh, the Pew Research Center, a well-known research center, is finding that more and more millennials, and I'm not sure when I mention the word millennials what you think about. Do we understand what millennials are? Millennials are the generation, according to definitions, of people, young people born according to some definitions, after 1980 until recent times, or after 1984. So they're the younger generations. The teenagers, the older youth, the young adults and the young professionals into their 30s. So the research is showing that they're turning away from religion faster than any other age group. Faster than any other age group. More than a third of American millennials, more than a third, one out of three millennials, between the ages of 18 to 35, consider themselves unaffiliated. Unaffiliated means they don't identify with traditional religion, Christian, Jewish, or with religious institutions. The, the research is interesting. It is also finding out that this doesn't mean that they're mostly atheists. Two-thirds of millennials, two-thirds, two out of three, millennials, of the millennials, actually believe in God, or of a concept of a spiritual universal presence, and actually two-thirds of them claim to be praying. They pray once a day, once a week. So they are ultimately finding meaning in spirituality. But what is interesting is that they're very disillusioned disillusioned and disengaged from traditional religious life and religious institutions altogether. Now, what about Muslim millennials? Muslim millennials share many of these trends, but they're different. Different than traditional American millennials. One thing for, for sure that we need to pay attention to, because we've neglected this significant demographic in our community, is that more than a half of the Muslims, more than half of the Muslims in America are actually of the millennial population, the millennial generation. More than half. One out of two of us are young people or young adults. The research is showing that millennial Muslims say that religion is actually very important to them. And they're likely to attend religious services as much as or as likely as older people. So they differ from the general trends found in other religious groups. However, even though the research is showing that they're committed to Muslim identity, many of them see faith differently. 
see faith differently. And here's where we need to pay attention. Muslim millennials, according to the research, are claiming or saying that for them faith is more than a private, more of a private spiritual matter than merely believing in laws defining what is right and what is wrong. And they're not necessarily believing in the way and the methodology of religious institutions. So they're finding their ways of expressing their faith, of reclaiming their faith. But it's not through the traditional means that you and I, the older people, are used to. And we're not paying attention and we're not hearing the stories. And what is happening is that we're losing more and more of them. That even though they're claiming to be religious and spiritual, maybe their conceptions are different of religion and faith. And don't be fooled by people who show up for Jummah. Don't be fooled by people who might be even praying. Their concepts of God and faith might be different than yours. And we're not understanding this, and we're trying to force onto them certain understandings that for them are quite alien, and they're very resistant to it. If I ask you, what is your perception of younger people? When you think of younger people, we adults, when we speak about them, how do we speak about them? Let's be real. How many of us look at younger, younger people and say, oh, they're so entitled, right? They're rebellious, they're unfocused, they're all about themselves. They don't have commitment to anything. They're a spoiled generation. Very self-centered. All they care about is their smartphones. Right? Screen time and video games. They're a lost generation. We, on the other hand, we, the older people, got to figure it out. We're the people of faith. If these kids would understand, right, what we had to go through. How many, how many of us find ourselves talking to our children like this? Do you understand what I had to go through? Do you understand what your grandmama had to do? Right? Do you understand God and religion? We try to force them to follow blindly our methodology and the way of our ancestors. And even though they're looking at you and they're nodding, deep inside they're resisting every single thing we're saying. And it's clashing with their world. Today's khutbah is an invitation to really reflect on their world. Do you and I even express interest in understanding their world? Or do we just make ridiculous, dogmatic claims about their world that we don't even understand? But we're happy to make general statements about their world, their complex world. Their world is far more complex than your and my world in which we have grown up. Far more complex, far more challenging. What do they, what do they live in? What kind of a reality do they live in? Where do the younger people find themselves these days? Younger people are struggling to find their space in a rapidly evolving world, a complex digital world of massive amount of information, data, challenges, with opportunities left and right for distraction, with opportunities left and right for addictions. You and I grew up in a simple neighborhood. You, you knew your parents, few friends in the neighborhood, and you hung out with them, played. There's no exposure to the outside world. Right now with a click of a button on your smartphone, you're exposed to ideas left and right. If I talk to my, my daddy and my mommy, and I asked them a question, and they dismissed me, you know where I'm going to go? I'll go Google it right now. And I'll find gazillion answers. I'm going to see which one is suitable for my desires. And I'll say, see ya. And I'll nod and smile. But I have exposure, an opportunity to learn and acquire and investigate and research. You and I did not grow up in this culture. We condemned them for hanging on their phones a lot, for not paying attention, only if you know. That if we gave them reason to talk to us, they'll talk to us. 
But we're disengaging them and then we're making claims on them. We're accusing them of being disengaged. But we don't understand their world at all. And how tragic it is for us not to understand a world in which we live and adapt to it. Before more and more of our millennials turn away from faith altogether. Because you and I are not responsible enough to even attempt to understand and be humble about it. Right now, our children, and even into young people in their early 30s and mid-30s, are in a world that threatens their well-being psychologically and emotionally. How many of us have heard of the notion of cyberbullying? On the internet, they're being bullied left and right. They turn on a television. How about the post-9-11 generation? You see, you and I did not grow up in this. We had a different world. Post-9-11 generation grew up hearing that Islam is a horrible religion. Seeing on the news images left and right of extremists that have been become synonymous with their faith. And you know what's interesting? Many of them are not accepting this. They're doing a better job, better job than you and I in reclaiming their faith identity. They're using social media right now to counter this Islamophobia and to assert their identity. So even though they're not here probably, they're not in a masjid, they're out there battling to affirm their identity and to say that faith matters to me and, and, and my definition of faith is not the definition that you're trying to give me. My faith is not an extremist, radical, insane faith. It's meaningful to me. And it's compelling many of them to ask deep questions about their faith and about God. So if we're not doing that job, perhaps the circumstances are compelling them. But you and I do not understand that this very toxic environment that threatens their emotional and psychological well-being is also assaulting their faith. And you and I have no idea what they're being exposed to. Right now in college campuses and in high schools, your kids and my kids are learning about evolution as the way to explain existence, and it's being pushed on them. Right now, they hear ideas that essentially say that science is God. The scientific paradigm is the only way to understand existence. Right now, they're hearing ideas left and right because they have access, and it's being bombarded at them at an incredible rate in the classroom, on television, on social media, with their friends. They're being exposed to cultures, you know, left and right, that are very diverse and different than theirs, and ideas and ideologies that are different than theirs. It's not your world and my world that is sheltered. It's not. And they're hearing ideas that tell them the idea of believing in God is irrational. And they poke fun of God, right? For you to think of some deity out there that you and I cannot measure empirically, scientifically, is ludicrous. And now the backward people are the people who don't believe in nonsense and superstitious notions. And believes in things that we cannot see and feel and hear. So God is not something I can see, so He doesn't exist. And if you believe in God, then you're crazy. And you're like those all the other crazy people. And if you believe in rituals and religious practices, then you're in the same way. You just invented this and it's not rational. Do you think that's not affecting them? You'll be surprised how much this is affecting them. Right now, I can tell you, my children, just yesterday, they came to me and told me that in their classroom, they have kids of other faiths and religions and no religion. That a kid would come up to my eight-year-old and say, when they were talking about the sun, he said, the light of, that light is God. 
And another kid, a Hindu kid, would come to my girl, you know, my daughter, and say to her, you know, there's a, we believe in a god of the fire, and a god of I don't know what, and everything she looks at, she says, that's God. Now, if, if my daughter and my son are not prepared for that, what are they going to do? They're being told there are many gods, or no god. If they don't have the tools, can they navigate through this from a young age? Are they able to mentally deal with that? Or is all that we're telling them is, you have to believe in Allah, right? You have to. And if the child shows up and asks you the wrong question, Baba, Mama, I I don't know about God. I'm going to tell you something. My own daughter came to me a week ago. And she said, I want to ask you a question. I said, go ahead. She said, how do I know that God exists? And the second question that she asked me was, how do I know that Islam is the truth? I had, like, I cringed. Not because of the question, because a child is asking that question. What do we typically do? Shut up, right? I heard a friend of, a young friend of mine that I mentored told me his mother, when he went to her with questions like this, she said, You're the shaitan. You're the shaitan. You're going to hell. We have invented all kinds of ways for kids to go to hell, right? And their ticket to Jannah is go memorize the Quran. Go memorize the Quran. Isn't it tragic, brothers and sisters, that many of our children have memorized the Quran and the lead prayer, they don't understand a single verse. They'll be reading a verse that says, Afala ta'qilun. Don't you understand? Allah is telling us, don't you understand? Don't you think? And he doesn't even know what he's saying. Do you think that's a joke? That's a tragedy. That we're having, that we're producing puppets that do not understand what they're reading. They don't comprehend it. They don't have the tools of thinking. And they're in a very complex world. We're trying to shelter them from it, but you know what's going to happen? When they hit 17 and 18, you have no idea what's going on in their lives. They're going to leave you and say bye-bye. And the tragedy is that early on, they might have pretended to pray and to say, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah because their parents did it. But when they move on to the next world and be in college, they're not going to believe in that anymore. And they're going to distance themselves from religious institutions and practices. Is that real? I see it every day. Just last week, I'm going to tell you something that happened. One of the younger college students came into my office at the University of Maryland. And he is someone I see in the musalla, in the prayer showing up to pray sometimes. And he even shows up to discussions. He said, you invited me to come, because I said, come, let's have a discussion. Let's just, let's just talk. I want to get to know you more. So he shows up, he said, because you asked me, I'm here. So I said, yeah, tell me what's in your mind. Let's talk. He said, let me tell you something. I really, like, I trust you. I'm going to tell you something I've not been able to talk to other people about. I'm not so sure I'm buying into this notion of, of the God, the single God anymore. He prays. He's with us. I said, well, tell me more. Right? So he says, well, I, I don't know. This idea of Mu'tazilites and rational thinking really appeals to me. Things have to be measured empirically. When I hear these scientific arguments, they make a lot of sense and they're clashing with my, you know, they're clashing my, with my spiritual and religious world and, and, and it's falling apart. So he says, what is appealing to you right now? He says, I'll be honest with you, I love the, I love the idea of a spiritual presence. All religions are true. And I'm liking more now, I'm tilting more towards Buddhism. Just a few days ago, when they were talking for an hour and a half, with a promise to shall to come back and talk some more. What happened to that good, very good kid? Very good, excellent character. Where was that discussion early on in his life? 
Did his parents equip him with tools? Or did he dismiss him and send him to hellfire for asking that question as the other kid said? You're a devil, you're going to hellfire. Right? Scare tactics. And we think we can scare them into belief. Well, Allah says, There is no compulsion in religion. You gotta explain, you gotta give tools. The question for you and I, brothers and sisters, is are we giving our youngsters the space and the room to ask questions and teaching them how to think for themselves? How to think for themselves? My own child came to me yesterday and said, well, I need you to think about why there is no such thing as a God of fire. He says to me, well, God is creating fire, but it seems like He's not able to create other things. That's not God. I says, thank you. Right? Let's use logic. Let's figure out why there is no such thing as a God of fire and a God of water. And what about multiple gods? Let's just picture, Malik, what happens if we have multiple gods, bosses? He says, well, they might actually start arguing and fighting. This is good, right? Let's keep going. What about the single God? How different is he? These questions are real, brothers and sisters. The question of why is there such a thing as a God? And why one? And why Islam? And why not evolution? And why not I came from a monkey are real? And do we even know how to use a scientific paradigm to answer those questions? For sure, there is enough research, alhamdulillah, right now to equip them with the tools to know how to break these things down and find out themselves. Faith is not going to stumble on them. And that's why we're not finding the millennials in the masajid. It is our fault. Because we dismiss them, disengage them, and because we're not relevant. And we're not allowing them to ask questions. Tragic. Tragic. The very faith that taught us to ask questions. Now questions are haram. Learn the rules. Halal, haram, right, wrong, and if you do something wrong, you are messed up and you are an evil person. Don't think about it. Literally, I asked some students two days ago, I asked them a question. What about religion and faith? Excuse me, religion and science. How many of us right here have an issue reconciling the two? I want to hear from you. One of the students was so honest. He said, Brother Tiba, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how to explain it. I just don't like to think about it. I said, why not, why not think about it? He said, because if I think about it, it's going to clash. That should have not have been the case. And he, I cannot tell him, you have to believe that religion is the truth. And science is messed up. And science is not God. They need tools. When we break it down for them, they say, wow, I see it now. And now they have a framework for how to think about questions. You and I will die. Our children are there. I want to ask you. You and I are praying today because our parents taught us. Who's teaching our kids and who's commanding them to follow blindly? Most of us are. This is a new culture, a new reality. And if you and I don't adapt like businesses, businesses that don't adapt, they die out. Ask anybody who works in a business. Businesses that don't evolve their products, they die out. You know what's happening? We're not adapting our discourse. We're not understanding the needs of our youngsters. And we're dismissing them and when they ask a question, we rebuke them and point the finger at them. Put them in detention. Right? Brothers and sisters, this is a tragedy. And we have to break it down, and we have to understand, and we have to unpack it. And we have to reclaim it. If we lose this generation, there is no such thing as future leadership. Faith is lost altogether. Are we investing in them? In a conversation with our kids, to say, what's on your mind? And if they're not asking the question, to teach them to ask the question. They say, what about God? Why, Why believe in God? Do you understand what God is? Do we teach them about the attributes of Allah and bring them evidence 
from around them, so they can start nurturing this ability to ask and explore and not be afraid. You see, if they're afraid to ask you the questions, they're going to ask Google about the question, right? Ask their peers about the question who is going to tell them it's uncool to have a God in your life. Uncool! Get on with life, right? Social media is bombarding them with information and attractions and distractions that are moving them away from all of our faith tradition. And we're losing it. Brothers and sisters, this is a real conversation. Prophet Ibrahim alayhi salam. You see, we, we claim to be descendants of him. To learn from him. As the true monotheist. Al-Hanif. What did he do? He asked questions left and right. He asked questions of his father. And even challenged his father. What happened? It got him in trouble. It got him in trouble. And how many of our youngsters are getting in trouble because they're asking questions? But he kept asking. Then he goes on to ask the king. He says, well, Allah brings the sun from the east, bring it from the west. Then he goes on to Allah and he says, Rabbi Arini, كَيْفَ تُحْيِ الْمَوْتَ Allah, show me. How do you give life to the dead? So Allah says, أَوَلَمْ تُؤْمِنْ Didn't you believe, Ibrahim? He's having a conversation. He says, oh, I believe, but I need to settle my heart. I need to find peace. I need to be satisfied. So Allah showed him. Allah is encouraging the asking of questions. The angels went to Allah and said, Oh Allah, why are you putting on earth human beings that will spill blood? Angels that don't respect Allah, that obey Allah, that adore Allah, that glorify Allah day and night, are asking Allah, oh Allah, why are you putting a creation on earth? What did He say? <gasps> you asked me a question? Hellfire, right? With a shaitan. He said, you do not understand. You'll find out later, Right? But he engaged in a conversation with them. Our religion is embedded in this thinking, is rooted into rational thinking, is rooted in thought and reflection and exploring. And that's why Allah says, keep reflecting on the heavens and the earth and ask questions and encourage a climate in which younger people can ask you the questions and if they don't ask, you give them the questions. And you encourage the conversations. How critical is this? I'm going to tell you. The research is showing it. They're moving away from religious institutions and religious practices. And their notions of God, for many of them, they're different than your and my notions. I witnessed myself, many Muslims, altogether abandoning the faith and becoming atheists, or adopting other religions. I've seen it with my own eyes. I deal with it all the time. And many of them are on the verge. And many of them do not understand many questions in our faith. How come women are treated the way they are? I have that question all the time. How come there's so much hypocrisy? How much, there's, how much there's so much injustice? How do I explain this evil in the world if you're telling me God is merciful? You know, this question alone throws off so many people. And I've seen them abandoning religion because they never had the tools. And they never understood the nature of Allah. Because they were not raised with it. But they were raised with, go to Sunday school and memorize Quran. You have to memorize Quran. You have to learn Sharia. You have to learn five times a day. Pray five times a day. And here are the times. Go make wudu right now. Are we setting a good example for them? Again, that encourages thoughtful, critical questioning, like Ibrahim did, like the angels did, like Prophet Muhammad did. This is an imperative, brothers and sisters. And you and I have to be willing to learn. And Allah says beautifully in the Quran, Get on with the times. He says, Allah will never change a people. Until they change themselves. Most of us are, I'm going to be making the claim, have big egos and are arrogant. We're Muslim. Our fathers and mothers taught us that. 
and we're not adapting. We're not willing to learn and get into the world of our youngsters. Get into their world and understand it. Most of us do not even understand how social media works. They're digital natives. They grew up in this world. We don't even know how to search something on the internet. And show our children, we're giving them devices that can ruin their lives. But then we take it away thinking that we have immunized them against these pressures. We have not. One day they're going to leave your home. Imagine the possibility. Imagine the risk that your child doesn't have faith. I want to ask you today, what dollar value would you put on that? How many of us are just busy with food and drink for our children, saving money for them, retirement, but we're not investing, we're not putting the time, we're not sitting with our children to preserve their faith, to help them think for themselves. This is a battle we're waging day and night, brothers and sisters. Many of us are dealing with day and night. Saving a generation, saving faith is prophetic. That's why Allah sent the prophets. Restore and rehabilitate hearts and souls. But it's not going to come from dogmatic answers that are not meshing with our times. Our times are very challenging. The data is enormous. The information is enormous. The distractions are enormous. May Allah guide us and humble us to be a compassionate presence for our children, for the millennials, to help rehabilitate this generation and empower it to be the leaders of tomorrow. If there is a subject that disturbs me, that irks me, that makes me lose sleep at night, it is a subject of faith and losing faith. And not because someone didn't figure it out and they have big egos and they're refusing to learn. What scares me is that you and I as the older adults are contributing to this and are pushing our youngsters away because of how our religious institutions are, how rigid they are, and, and because of demanding blind falling. Close your eyes and believe. You have a ticket to Jannah, right? Brothers and sisters, this doesn't work. This is not, a good, this is not an effective prescription. It's a devastating prescription. How many of us are willing to learn? We dream of a righteous child. Don't we? We dream that when we die, our children will not only be faithful, but they'll go a step further and make dua for you and I, isn't it? That's the biggest thing, isn't it? Wow, you can give up all the money you have, wouldn't you? You would, right? All the money that we have, all the houses, everything, just to have a child that prays for you. But are we doing what we need to raise that child, to give them the tools, understanding we have no control over their hearts. Even Noah had a child that became kafir. But would you imagine that Noah didn't challenge his child? Would you imagine that Noah didn't have conversations with his child? He did. He encouraged questioning, asking, thinking. But Allah Azza wa He has the ultimate wisdom. His child chose not. And Allah says, don't worry about it. You have no control over their hearts. But you have to do what you have to do. You have to be there. You have to be present. You have to understand their climate. You have to create the climate. You have to engage. And you have to be relevant. Relevant. In your discourse, in your conversations, in your questions. Encourage and lift. When you do what you have to do, Allah will take care of the rest. And I promise you, brothers and sisters, if we pick up the pieces right now, 
and do what we have to do, inshaAllah, with our intentions and efforts and humility, Allah Azza wa Jalla will help us raise that generation, inshaAllah. And that the millennials, inshaAllah, will come, inshaAllah, to become the leaders of tomorrow, brothers and sisters. And you witness many of them today, there's, there's, you know, today, I guess half day in school today, right? Many of them are here. How many of us are going to be willing to go and invest that time with them, inshaAllah? Alhamdulillah, Rabbi, we're blessed to be in an institution and a masjid that has the culture. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Wallahi, we're blessed, brothers and sisters. But we need to do more and more and more, inshaAllah, for our youngsters and the young adults that unfortunately have abandoned, abandoned the masajid. How many of us will be able to pull some people back? Do you need anything? Yeah, I'm just asking a question. Sure. Um, how will we all know about like our afterlife, like how right? How to measure it? How do you see it? Right? Very good. What's your name? Yusuf. Yusuf. Thank you, Yusuf. Love your question. You see, brothers and sisters, well, I make takbir for this, right? Alhamdulillah, A youngster here, Yusuf, is stood up and is asking a question. Did you hear about the woman who asked Omar? Right? She challenged Omar on. On a very critical question, did he say, shut up woman, sit down, right? He didn't. That was a culture of asking questions. And he admitted fault when she asked him that question. Beautiful question, we have to end the khutbah now. Let's talk afterward. Okay, inshallah. And these are the types of questions we need to inshallah take up in our conversations. And I promise inshallah in future khutbahs, inshallah, we'll get into some of these questions. But Yusuf, let's talk afterward. Cool? May Allah bless you. And may Allah bless all of our children. And may Allah empower us to be the best examples and the best role models and the best parents who are willing to invest time and effort and resources into building the young, young generation and restoring faith and nurturing faith. What a beautiful opportunity from Allah. May Allah make us walk in the footsteps of Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. May Allah make us thoughtful, reflective people who demonstrate that example to the youngsters and to the young millennials who are looking for inspiration, who are themselves an inspiration. Wallahi, they have so much potential. Let us empower them. May Allah make us empower them. May Allah guide all of us to the straight path. May Allah grant us children and the children of others will come make dua for us upon our death. And may Allah grant us a path to Jannah al Firdaus. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ghfir lana, warhamna, wa'afu anna, wa tawalla amrana, wa ahsil khalasana, wa akhtim bil baqiyat salihati amalana. Allahumma rzuqna awladan salihina yad'una lana ya Allah. Allahumma hadim ila siratika al mustaqim. Sirat al ladina an'amta alayhim ghayr al maghdubi alayhim wa la dhalin ameen. Wa salli lahum ala Sayyidina Muhammad. وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وأقم الصلاة